This is episode 184 of IDRA Class Notes. If I have certain biases, I need to connect with others who are working quite well and positively with these children and learn from them. I need to get a counselor, somebody who's a critical friend who lets me know, first of all, this is how your bias is showing, and here's what you need to do. If I feel a particular bias against a particular student because of their identification, then I need some counseling. I need to work that out. And the campus should have a very positive atmosphere of inclusion. back to the IDRA Class Notes podcast. I am Michelle Vega, Technology Coordinator for IDRA, and I'm here with Aurelio Montemayor, who directs the Texas Education Cafe Project. Hi. All right, so today we're going to ask some questions or talk about equity and justice for LGBTQ students and teachers' responsibilities. What do you see as the teacher's role in supporting LGBTQ students in their classrooms? Well, Teachers both inspire and protect these students by acknowledging their assets and taking courageous action. That's very important. Students who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer face specific challenges in our schools, in society too, but certainly in school, and we as teachers have very important responsibilities in supporting them. Okay, so what specific teacher actions do you consider as important? Well, I think that there's three biggies. The first one is, first of all, interrupt compassionately but assertively any expression that's negative against these children. In other words, you have to just interfere and stop any put down, anything that looks like aggressive or non-aggressive. It's just anything that is going to hurt them because of who they are. That's important. You interrupt. But then just as important is that you in each child as a teacher identify what their strengths are what their assets are what they bring and you do this without exaggerating or going overboard with it but just as you do with any child whether you're a third grade teacher or a high school teacher when they come to you you want to see what do they bring in a positive way because if you're seeing them through a deficit lens your actions and your expressions are going to reflect that. In other words, you have to make sure that as a teacher, you're accepting them and that this particular aspect of them is not something very special that you have to note in any way, but you do have to make sure that they understand that you care about them, you're protecting them, and that you're looking to see how their experience and their talents connect to what you want to teach them and they can grow with it. And then, As a teacher, it's important in your classroom that you help students have conversations in a positive way about how students identify. If a student, for example, strongly identifies with this ethnic or racial background, that's part of it. Likewise, if they identify with their gender, whatever it is, you have to have conversations that everybody respect individual expressions of individuality and that there be an experience of positive dialogue about these issues and everybody gets supported. Okay. So, so those are three things. Okay, you okay. interrupt, you identify strengths, and you facilitate conversations. Okay, so what um, are some of the complexities for these students? Well, you know, we know that 
a gay identification intersects with many other things, with race, class, homelessness, part of town you come with. So it's not just, I'm a gay boy and that's my main identification. I also come from a particular family, a particular place, so that because it's complex, I as a teacher don't want to reduce it to one thing. Each child, each person has a complex society context they're part of, and so I should not quickly label or narrow what the issue is or concern or identification. I need to really observe and observe with care. I have to really be, who is this child? What is her issue? Whatever it is, and understand that their identification with one thing is also informed and connected to other things. Okay, and so just kind of off the cuff, in regards to resources for teachers to help students with those complexities, what do most campuses offer? I don't know what most campuses offer, but what I do know is important. Number one, there is literature online. You can do a search, and if you connect to our article, there's information that's useful. But more than anything, to support a professional learning community or you teachers as as practitioners connecting with each other, sharing with each other the context of what is happening, not like a grapevine, but more like, okay, I've got these students here, I'm working with them, and this happened, this is how I, I did it, or stuff like that. And also, how you share with your peers the strengths that you're spotting in each student, that's very important because the passing on information about crises and problems is important because it has to be problem solving at the campus level, but also taking opportunities to say the strength that you observe in each child, whatever their identifications are. And so there is information online. There's a lot of information online. All you have to do is a quick search and you'll find stuff. But I think for your situation, if you're a classroom teacher in a particular school, Look within your group there for those who are, seem to be the most skilled or have the most to give about it. And avoid getting into the pitfall of complaining or getting together the teachers that don't know how to handle it and just sobbing about it or whatever. Right, it's uh, not a venting session. Yeah, right, it's more exactly. of a, an know, action session. You, you need to vent sometimes, but I think to be a good teacher with these kids and a good counselor and a good surrogate parent, because you're that too, connect with those that are, seem to have some answers. So what if you're an educator that has strong negative feelings about homosexuality? How can you ensure that these feelings do not harm the student's success in your classroom? This is very important, and it's just part of being, you know, a mature adult. We all have prejudices. We all have biases. You can't deny that. But as professional teachers, we learn over time how to get over those biases. For example, if I have a gender or a racial bias, I have to work that out because as a teacher, I have to see all children as potential and possibilities. Likewise, if I have certain biases, even if I, let's say I connected to my faith, I need to connect with others who are working quite well and positively with these children and learn from them. I need to get a counselor, somebody who's a critical friend who lets me know, first of all, this is how your bias is showing and here's what you need to do. We live in a democratic, multicultural society and we have to confront people of many faiths, many beliefs or no belief at all and we as adult teachers have to accept all that without changing our principles but If I feel a particular bias against a particular student because of their identification, then I need some counseling. I need to work that out. And the campus should have a very positive atmosphere of inclusion of all children. 
So what do you feel the campus culture, the administrators of the campus should do to maybe recognize that feeling in a teacher and then be aware of how that student may be? Um, well, I think that there should be a critical mass created on a campus that is open and non-biased in these areas. And they should be the team that helps the whole campus move in that direction. In other words, it's very important that the principal show openness, a democratic and open spirit, and one that reflects value for each and every child that is in that school, each and every student. And so at the administrative level, there has to be some very direct and assertive work saying, all children for us are valuable and we need to protect however they come to us, whatever they believe, whatever their, their identification is, we are here to support them, to protect them, absolutely to protect them, and beyond that, to make sure that they flower and grow to the best of their ability. So to wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, yes. First of all, I think that all of us need to explore these areas further. About a year ago, ARA education researcher had an article that said LGBTQ issues in education, a multi-method research collection. There is a body of research out there looking at these issues. And if you link to our article, you've got references there so that you yourself become more professionally informed. There are studies and there's research in terms of proactive, positive things that schools are doing, how to deal with both internal prejudice and external prejudice but also to celebrate the intelligence and the growth of children, you know, in, in, in who, whoever they are. It's very important that we as professionals keep growing, keep learning, but that's true for any teacher, any, any professional. And if, for example, the campus has a pattern of bullying, you know, there are particular students, boys and girls, that are bullying those that they consider different or don't like. That you develop a campus action, not only to reduce the bullying, but that takes it in a different direction, that there is such a positive acceptance of every individual at campus that bullying doesn't fit there. You know? Okay, so parents, who would they normally reach out to on campus to make sure that, you know, the school is doing what they need to do? Well, I think campus, first of all, the administrators there and the counselors. If parents can identify a particular teacher or teachers that are already very supportive, connect with them. If there is a situation where the, the child's teacher is negative about this, um, a one-to-one -one meeting is important, but not alone. I would say have a counselor or certainly talk to an administrator first because the parent has to protect the child. And if the school is doing something that is negative, I counsel that there be teachers or whoever that accepts it, not only that, but that the teacher understand that if the parent doesn't protect their child, who will? So if a parent has to, and it's not easy for some parents to do it, so that the school should be open to parents addressing these issues, should have standard procedures where the principal or counselor or all of the above meet with families about these issues and use that information to, to further a freer and more protective environment in the whole campus. I want to mention something. We have an equity assistance center. It's called IDRA EX South. Provides services. We've done training for school districts around Title IX issues, around these issues we're talking about today. And so IDRA has some resources for school districts around these issues. Thank you so much, Aurelio. I really appreciate your time. 
Thank you for listening, and if you'd like to read Aurelio's full article, please visit our website, www.idra.org. There you'll find the newsletter as well as the show notes. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.